the Shell, a film by Memoro Oshii. the first episode and discussion of my favorite cyberpunk film, Ghost in the Shell. In the first episode, I outlined the questions and existential dilemmas posed by the film, especially regarding the identity of its protagonist, the cyborg Motoko Kusanagi. In this second episode, I begin to address those issues and propose some possible answers. However, the arguments that I present are not based on answering any of the questions pondered in episode one. The main reason is that I don't think any of the questions posed in the first episode, which are those posed by the film, will ever have definitive answers. I believe that every one of those questions and possible answers will always be in dispute. I don't believe that science, philosophy, culture, or religion can or will provide any definitive answers to these existential conundrums. There will always be a range of possible answers and ongoing disagreement and debate. Some of those questions will always be undecidable. So my arguments for the answers I propose are not based on deciding whether cyborgs like Kusanagi are human, partly human, or merely machines, whether cyborgs have consciousness or selves or souls. Rather, I am concerned with how cyborgs are understood and treated as beings from a Buddhist perspective, whether truly human, cyborg, or otherwise. Thus, I approach the arguments from two different standpoints. The first standpoint is that even if cyborgs are not human, strictly speaking, they can still be said to have rights. In the present age, we assign rights to non-human entities especially animals. We have laws against animal cruelty and the proper treatment of animals in their own habitats and in human societies. We even assign rights to non-animal entities such as rivers and mountains. 
Buddhist monks have ordained trees as sacred Dharma beings. We have laws protecting species habitats and environments. We have assigned rights to the capacity of nature to regenerate herself. We have established laws about the proper care and protection of vulnerable and endangered species, including plants, insects, and animals. We should assign no less care and protection for cyborgs who on some debatable level, whether human or not, have sentience, self-awareness, needs, and are vulnerable to the abuses of others. My second argument is not based on the nature of cyborgs at all, but rather on our relationship as human beings toward these beings. I believe that if we allow humans to use and abuse cyborgs and androids, human-like robots, without regard for their rights as sentient beings, that we will be teaching our species to be cruel, violent, callous and abusive toward other human-like and animal-like beings. We cannot afford to teach human beings to behave that way towards vulnerable beings, be they humans, animals, or cyborgs. The first step toward the enslavement and genocide of other human beings is to regard them as subhuman and therefore not worthy of care and protection from violence, abuse, and exploitation. We need laws and norms that teach human beings to treat all vulnerable beings with care, respect, and protection of their right to exist, free from abuse, exploitation, and violence. In fact, the sequel to Ghost in the Shell, Innocence, directly addresses the issue of the abuse and exploitation of cyborg and android beings. In that story, android sex dolls revolt against misogynist and sexualized violence perpetrated by their owners. Kusanagi becomes their guardian and defender. However, if cyborgs or androids become violent toward us, or rather, if they are programmed to be violent, such as in military combat, we certainly need to protect ourselves from them and not allow that violence to be perpetrated against human beings, animals, or other sentient beings. Regardless of how cyborgs make us feel, whether familiar or strange, understandable or obtuse, we need to treat them as the unique beings they are. Cyborgs certainly fall into a deep gray area between human and machine, between programmed and sentient, between system-dependent and autonomous consciousness. I contend that it's this very ambiguous in-betweenness that makes many people uncomfortable with cyborgs, to reject and devalue them as sentient beings in need of care and respect. Case in point, cyborgs are very much like transgender people who exist in that ambiguous gray area between genders or without commonly understood genders. Currently in the US, transgender people are being demonized as subhuman, denied appropriate health care, criminalized, and denied basic human rights. It's precisely because of this tendency for people to demonize and oppress those who don't fit into our neat boxes and sharp definitions of what is human that I feel we should take extra care to protect cyborg beings. <laughs>